What's going on everybody? My name is Chris Webster and I'll be your host for the How Fitness Changed My Life podcast. The intent of this podcast is, you know, to really show how fitness can change people's lives. I know for me personally, fitness hasn't just been something that's allowed me to maybe lose some weight or, you know, get in a good sweat after a long, hard day of work. It, it really has changed the entire outcome of my life and has been the single thing that has led me to where I am today. I can, I can say that wholeheartedly, that I believe without fitness, my life would be 100% different. And the entire intent of this podcast is to show how fitness can really change people's lives for the better and to dig deep into those stories of you know how, how fitness itself has been a huge way that, that people's lives are changed forever. So without further ado, let's get this thing rolling, boys and girls. Let's cue the music. As your podcast host, I thought it was only fair that we kick off the very first episode of How Fitness Changed My Life with sharing my own personal story of how fitness truly did change my life. As mentioned before, my name is Chris Webster, and for those of you that don't know me, I am a 24-year-old kid living in Charlotte, North Carolina. But to kick off this whole story, we're going to have to take things back about six or seven years to when I was living in West Virginia and I was 17 years old. So growing up, I really wasn't into fitness. I, I played football and I played golf and that was really the extent of it. You know, I would go to football practice, I would go to the golf course and I would play those sports, but I had no sense of, you know, going to the gym or working out at all. And for the first 17 years of my life, I had never really stepped foot in a gym or done, you know, any physical activity other than playing sports. I never, you know, intentionally worked out just for the fact of, of working out. The extent of my fitness was playing sports. So, you know, for 17 years of my life, my fitness acumen was zero. I had nothing. I, I didn't know what a back squat was. I didn't know how to bench press. I didn't know what a gosh dang power clean was. I knew nothing, right? So here I am, 17 years old, and as a 17 year old, man, I was a husky boy. And I truly mean that. I was 17 years old and I was six foot two and I weighed 230 pounds. Now, for those of you that actually know me, you'd be scratching your head right now and thinking, how in the world were you 230 pounds as a 17 year old, like there's zero chance, there's no way. Because sitting here recording this podcast, I weigh 175 pounds and that's probably dripping wet. Like I, I weigh a lot less now as a 24 year old than I did when I was 17 in, in high school. And you know, to most of you that seems a little backwards, right? You know, as you get older, you know, typically people gain weight, they don't lose weight. But for me, I was a big boy. I was 17 years old, 230, loving life. I remember going shopping with my mom and we'd have to go to the husky section for jeans because my legs were so, you know, thick that I couldn't fit into the regular, you know, regular cut jeans. I had to get the husky cut. 
And I was like, mom, what's this husky cut mean? And and I, I didn't know any better. I, I just thought that was the type of jeans that I was supposed to get. I, I didn't know that that meant that I was, you know, a big boy. And, you know, I thought all, all was good. I was just living life. You know, as a 17 year old, most kids don't really care about how they look, how they feel. They're just living life. And that was me. I was just going to the golf course, playing golf, and living life, like I said. And as my uh, time as a 17 year old went on, I remember one distinct moment where it all clicked for me, where I decided, no, I'm not gonna shop in the Husky jeans section anymore. I'm not just gonna live life not caring about my fitness, not caring about my you know, physique, for a better word, not caring about how I treat my body. And I don't know what it was, but something clicked that made all my perceptions about fitness, about how I wanted to live my life change. And it was one very, very specific moment. I remember it very distinctly. I was at my aunt and uncle's house in Washington, D.C. eating Thanksgiving dinner. And I remember I sat down for that dinner. I was like, yes, let's go. I'm gonna eat so much food. And I remember just loading my plate up. I chowed down, I ate as much as I could. And I, you know, obviously felt terrible afterwards as everyone does after Thanksgiving. And after that meal, I just remember feeling so terrible that I was like, why do I do this? Why do I allow myself to eat all this food and, you know, obviously overstuff myself to the point, to, to the point where I, I feel terrible? And in that moment, I just decided, no, I'm going to change. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start eating healthy. And I'm just, I'm just going to go on this new journey to find myself in fitness. And that's what I did. From that day on, everything changed. My, like I said, my whole life changed. And like, I don't know what made that happen other than that feeling of being super full and just like feeling bad for myself. I was like, this is not how I wanna live my life. This is not the person I wanna be. I, I'm better than this. And so the day after Thanksgiving, everything changed. Fitness changed my life. So I, I drove back from Washington, D.C. You know, we get back to where I was living when I was 17, which was Charleston, West Virginia. And my family was a member at a country club. And with that membership, we got a free membership at the local YWCA, not the YMCA, the YWCA. And I was like, Mom, am I allowed to go to the YWCA? Isn't, isn't that like just for, for women? And she was like, no, you can go to the y, YWCA. I, I knew nothing, right? So I was like, all right, I'm gonna go check out this YWCA and try to do some fitness. I, I literally had no clue what I was doing. And I remember going for the very first time to the YWCA and my mom actually signed me up to take a, a class with a trainer his name was Chad, and Chad was like ripped, man. He was bald, but jacked to the tits, man. This guy was huge, and I was like, you. You are what I wanna be one day. So Chad takes me up to the basketball court, <laughs> and he gets out this thing called a sled. And at the time, I had zero idea what, what the sled was, right? I know what it is now, but I had no idea what I was in for. He's like, all right, Chris, you see this sled? You're gonna grab the two poles on the sled and you're gonna push this thing down and back on the basketball court. You're gonna hop off, you're gonna give me some push-ups, and then you're gonna give me some lunges and you're just gonna do that on repeat, right? So he had me on a little circuit. 
And I was like, all right, let's 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 go for it. So I start pushing that sled. I pop, I, I pop down. I'm doing push-ups on my knees because I'm weak, right? <laughs> I can't even do real push-ups. So I'm, I'm doing push-ups on my knees. And then I hop up and I'm doing bodyweight lunges, right? And I remember I get into this workout and I'm, I'm cruising and about minute 10 hits and I'm like, this is not happening. I don't know how I'm gonna get through this thing without dying. And I hit minute 10 and that was it for me. I headed straight to the bathroom, laid on that floor and threw up my lunch. And I remember laying on that floor just like, holy moly, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I don't know how I'm gonna get in shape. I don't know how I'm gonna get fit because I can't even last 10 minutes, right? Chad just, just gave me like some pretty basic movements and it literally wrecked me. And obviously after that 10 minutes was up, I was laying on that floor. I started feeling a little better. And I remember going home and laying in my bed that night just like, man, I, I need to stick to this. I need to continue to go back to that YWCA and just see what it's all about, right? See what, see what I got. So I wake up the next morning and I'm like, all right, we got, we got to go back to the YWCA today, but I need, I need a little motivation. I need a little help. And at the time, pre-workout was like the big thing. Everyone was talking about it. All the football players at my school were like, man, pre-workout gets you jacked, gets you going, gets you, you know, ready for a workout. And it's just the best thing. It's the greatest thing since, you know, sliced bread. So I remember driving over to the GNC and I was like, I'm gonna get me some pre-workout and I'm gonna kill today's workout because yesterday was embarrassing and you know, I need redemption. So I walk into that GNC and I remember seeing this shiny little bottle of magical fairy dust and on the label it said C4. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap, if there's a pre-workout that I need, it's that C4 because it's shiny, it's in a shiny bottle, and it's locked up in a cage in the, the, the GNC, so it must be good, right? It, it, it has to be a good pre-workout. So I was like, sir, give me the C4 blue raspberry. I'm ready to go work out. <laughs> and so the guy at the GNC sold me the C4. I got in my car, I popped that thing open, and I had no idea what I was getting into with the C4 because I didn't even know that C4 came with a scooper. I was like, all right, I, I, I see this powder. I know you're supposed to mix it with water and drink it. And that's, that's all I knew. So <laughs> I literally took the C4, tilted it on its side and dumped probably like six servings into my, into my shaker, poured some water in there and drank it down. And oh man. That workout, that day, I was so jacked off the C4 because I had no clue that there was a scooper that I took, you know, probably six or seven servings when I had never taken pre-workout before. And that stuff hit me like a train. I just remember going into the YWCA and I felt like, like Rambo. I was on cloud nine because, I, like I said, I took seven servings of C4. And if you've never taken pre-workout before and then you take seven servings and you know, it's, it's C4, C4 is powerful. You're, you're gonna feel it, you're gonna feel jacked. <laughs> and so I went up to the weights and I started cranking out weights. And I was in there for like two and a half hours just cranking out weights. And it, it probably felt to me like, you know, 20 minutes cause that C4, it, it had me going.
So I crank out the weights, I feel great, and it wasn't like a cardio workout like the day before, so I, I didn't get, you know, the feeling like I wanted to throw up. I was just, you know, doing some bench press, doing all the, all the different uh, machines in the gym, and I just remember feeling, like, amazing. Like, I don't know what it was, but I had the best feeling ever. It was 100 times better than I felt the day before. And I ended that workout, I went home, and I felt amazing. I was like, man, I want this feeling every single day. I wanna feel the way I felt in that workout every single day. And I think that feeling, you know, that amazing feeling that you get when you're done with the workout and you feel like you've, you've put in hard work and you know, the time you spent in the gym was worthwhile is the feeling that I crave every single day. That feeling from that second day I ever worked out is something that I still crave every single day. And that's just one way that fitness, you know, has, has totally changed my life. So after that second day, I, w I was pretty much hooked. And like I've said, you know, a hundred times, I had never worked out before, so I really had no idea what I was doing. So I remember searching the forums on bodybuilding.com of, you know, workout plans that I could do to, to get stronger. and different regimens and different ways to go into the gym and work out. And I don't know what it was. I, I guess it was that feeling on the second day, but I was hooked. I was obsessed with fitness. And since it was like such a totally new thing to my life, it was it was so easy to like get obsessed with it, right? Because when you go from never doing something to it becoming something that you look forward to and something that you really appreciate, it's, it's really easy to get like obsessed with it. And that's totally what happened with me. And that obsession, it, it didn't just stop at, at, at working out. I, I totally changed my life. I got really into tracking my ma macros. I remember downloading MyFitnessPal and setting, setting my weight in there and being like, all right, I wanna lose you know, 0.5 pounds a week or, or whatever. And MyFitnessPal spat out the macros I was supposed to hit every day to do that. And I followed that thing to a T. I was, you know, the strictest dieter on my fitness pal that, you know, 20, 2012 saw. I was killing it. And it was even so bad to the point where I was at Christmas dinner with my family and my grandma had made this pie and I refused to eat the pie because it didn't fit my macros. I was like, Grandma, you see this my fitness pal? She she had no she doesn't even know what an iPhone is, let alone my fitness pal. You see this my fitness pal, grandma? It says I got 30 grams of protein to eat left for the day and uh, I don't know, 80 grams of carbs. And if I eat that pie, you know, it's probably 120 grams of carbs in a single serving, so you know, I can't do it. Doesn't fit my macros, grandma. And I remember sitting there and she got so mad at me because I wouldn't eat her pie, but I was set, man. I was like, I am not breaking my diet for anything. Not even grandma's Christmas pie will ruin my macro progress. It, 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 you know, I was hooked. So <laughs> we're going along, right? We're getting, we're getting in the gym on a regular basis. I was going probably six days a week. But at the time, I was also really, really into golf, and I was actually pretty good. You know, good enough to where I was getting looked at by colleges with potential to go to those colleges and play on their golf teams. So I remember my, my best friend Will at the time in high school, me and him would go to the gym and work out together, 
And for me, I was working out because I really was into fitness. And I was like, heck yeah, man. I love working out because of fitness. But Will, he, he seemed, you know, obviously he was in, into the fitness scene as well. But he really wanted to go work out to get stronger for golf, get better for golf. And, you know, I was like, sure, let's go work out for golf. But I'm also, you know, losing weight. I'm getting fit at the same time. So in my head, I was working out, you know, for fitness, not for golf. And like, that's just how much fitness took over my life, right? I was so obsessed with golf before this. I dreamed of golf every day. And then, you know, almost overnight, fitness kind of took golf's spot and was like the number one thing in my head. But I was like, yeah. If I can work out, get stronger, and it's gonna help my golf and allow me to get fit at the same time, then you know it's kind of like killing two birds with one stone. I'm I'm just getting better at two things at once. So let's let's do it. So I remember going to the gym with Will almost every day. We would we would do workouts specific for golf, which obviously at the time I was a newbie, so any type of workouts for me were gonna get me better at fitness in general, but also get me better at golf. And I ended up actually receiving a scholarship to play golf at Queens University of Charlotte, which is in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so I was, I was set, right? I was going to school to play golf, which I loved at the time. And I got to work out as well, because obviously me working out is gonna make me better at golf. We're gonna have to work out as a golf team at Queens. And you know, all the stars are aligning, right? But for me, I was like, man, I need to go to that gym. I need to get stronger. I need to get fit. I, I don't really care how it's going to affect golf. And <laughs> it affected golf. I remember going to the gym so much as an 18-year-old in high school that I would show up to the golf course like so sore, so tired from the workouts that I had done that morning or you know the day before that I couldn't even play golf. I, or like I played really poorly because I was so sore. And, and so fitness, like I said, it really encompassed and like engulfed my whole life to where that was the thing that I loved. So we go on, right? I'm working out all the time. I'm playing golf all the time. And it comes to the point where I'm going to graduate high school. And I remember the day of my graduation, I stepped on a scale and it said 185 pounds, which, which I was really, really impressed with, right? Because I started this whole journey, right? on Thanksgiving the year before, and from Thanksgiving until the day I graduated high school, which was probably what, seven months, six months, I had lost over 40 pounds, right? I had gone from 230 pounds, wearing Husky jeans, shopping in the Husky section with my mom, to weighing 185 pounds, and I, I was shopping in the skinny jeans section then, right? I, I literally had to go buy all new clothes because when I was weighing 230, I wore a size 38 waist, which is just crazy. And I remember nothing fit. Everything that I owned was like an XL and I couldn't wear it anymore. It was, it was all too big. All my golf shirts that I had, you know, collected over the years were now like useless to me. They were, they were too big. I basically just was like, dad, do you want all my clothes? Because they don't fit. I had to go out, buy all new clothes, but that didn't matter because I, I was a changed man, right? I was 185 and I was feeling good. So 
I had done it, man. I had made the progress that I wanted. And I remember once I hit that 185, I was like, all right, it's time to gain some size. Time to gain some mass. Time to get strong. So that's what I did. I remember going to college as a freshman and I was drinking protein shakes. I was lifting heavy. I was, I was loving it. And that was my main goal as a freshman was just to get as big as I could, get as, you know, gain as much muscle as I could well trying to you know still stay healthy i wasn't like totally off the tracks i was still definitely keeping my macros in line but i was doing it in a way that i could hopefully gain some size and gain some mass which at the time that was my first time ever doing you know like a bulk or anything like that and i quickly found out that it was very hard for me as an individual to gain weight to gain size which has has stayed true to this day, right? It's really hard for me to gain weight, which is crazy to think about because I did weigh 230 pounds, but it was all fat, right? No muscle. So I'm, I'm a freshman, I'm hitting the weights, you know, I'm on that all-you-can-eat meal plan, I'm loving life, and my freshman roommate, Freddie Nordhoff, comes in one day and is like, yo, let's go to the Queen's gym, let's hit a workout, but this workout's gonna be like way different than what you've ever experienced. It's, it's kinda gonna be like, you know, lifting weights for time. It's gonna be going in there, we're gonna have three movements and we're gonna do it as fast as we can and you're gonna love it. It's gonna be quick, effective, dirty, and, and easy. So we go to the gym, we hit the weights, but we do it all for time and I don't even know what the workout was but I remember finishing that workout and just laying on the floor like my soul had like left my body because for that time that we worked out, I had pushed so hard, I gave it my all. And it brought me back to that feeling of when I worked out with Chad for that, you know, that second workout of my life. It was like, man, what am I doing? Like, I don't know anything about fitness. And up to this point, right, I thought I was the, I thought I was the man, right? I had lost 35 pounds, I was looking good. You know, I was starting to get strong. I was starting to, you know, know what I was doing in the gym. And Freddie really just like blew that all out of me. He basically showed me that like all that I had done fitness wise up to this point was, was useless because we did this workout and I was dead. I was, I was just dying. And I was like, Fred, like, where'd you come up with this? Like what, what made you want to lift weights but do it as fast as we could and, you know, just basically make us suffer for this past, I don't know, it was probably 20 minutes or so. And he was like, man, I'm really getting into this new thing called CrossFit. And I was like, what the heck is CrossFit? I didn't know what it was. I had never heard of it. I was totally new, right? It was, it was just like that first day I went to the, to the YWCA. I knew nothing. And he was like, it's, a, it's, it's not really a new way of working out, right? It's been around for a couple of years, but it's a, it's a new thing to me and I'm messing around with it. I really love it. And for those that don't know Freddie, he, he was really fit. He was always into working out. He, he was like one of my idols as far as fitness goes. He, he was strong, he had a good body. He, you know, he checked all the boxes as far as a fit human goes. So he introduces me to CrossFit and I leave that gym that day just like, holy moly, I'm, I'm, I'm screwed. I don't know what I'm doing as far as fitness goes. 
I, uh, I totally just like had to reset my whole mindset as far as what working out was and CrossFit really changed that for me, right? Because all up until this point, I was just bodybuilding. I was just hitting the weights and I wasn't doing any cardio. I was just, like I said, bodybuilding. But the way that that CrossFit workout made me feel, it was just like the way that that second day with Chad made me feel. You know, it made me feel defeated. It made me feel like I knew nothing. It made me feel like I was back to square one. And I don't know what it was about that feeling. I don't know what it is about that feeling, but something about it makes you want to get better at whatever you're doing so that that feeling goes away. It never happens again. And I was like, CrossFit, I'm coming for you. I had a new goal and it wasn't bodybuilding. It wasn't losing weight. It was CrossFit. So I went back to the dorms and I remember Freddie showed me a couple CrossFit videos on YouTube and I was hooked. I watched every gosh dang CrossFit video there was on YouTube. And this was back when the CrossFit journal was like still accessible to the public. You didn't have to pay for it. So I went on the CrossFit journal and like just researched everything. I watched everything. I learned from YouTube how to do a clean and jerk. I learned the techniques of a snatch. I, I, I just totally engulfed myself with CrossFit. And, and this became my new obsession in fitness. So, you know, me and Freddie are hitting the, the Queen's Gym. We're doing CrossFit workouts together and we're loving it. We're having a good time. We're bonding. It's amazing. And I remember going home as a freshman for the summer and joining a gym called CrossFit Never Give Up. And I went in there and this was like the first CrossFit gym I ever joined, right? I was, I was really, before that, just doing CrossFit at the, the Queen's Gym. So I'd never been to a CrossFit gym before. And I just remember watching all the CrossFit videos on the journal and all those people had bumper plates. So they were able to, you know, do cleans and drop it from their shoulders, do snatches and drop it from overhead. And the whole time that I was doing CrossFit at Queens, we had metal plates. So I never had been able to drop anything. And I remember going into that CrossFit gym so excited to, to finally be able to use some bumper plates so I could drop them. I don't know what it was. I think it was the sound it makes, but I was so excited to drop some bumpers. So I go into that gym. I'm like, man, where, where are the bumper plates? And I saw them in the corner. I loaded up a barbell and just started dropping weights left and right. And it was amazing. It was the best feeling. I, I don't know what it was, but I was, I was in love with the bumper plates. And so we go on. I go through that summer. I'm going to CrossFit Never Give Up. And we go back to school for sophomore year. And I remember just like going back to the Queen's Gym and doing CrossFit workouts. But at the time when I went back, Freddie had actually been connected with a CrossFit gym in, in town. And the gym's name was CrossFit Southend. And I was just a sophomore in college, right? So I was making no money. I had no money to go and be a member at this CrossFit gym. I couldn't afford it. It was probably at the time, I don't know, maybe $150, $160 a month. And I could not afford that. So Freddie would do his workouts with me at the Queen's Gym since I, you know, obviously couldn't go to the CrossFit Gym. But I always remember just really, really wanting to be able to go to that CrossFit Gym because, like I said, I loved the bumper plates. 
Um, I had made some good relationships at the gym, CrossFit Never Give Up, and I thought that I could do the same at, at CrossFit South End in Charlotte. So the whole time that I was a, a sophomore, the first semester, I was, I was just wanting to go to that CrossFit gym. And I remember for Christmas that year, I asked my mom if my Christmas present could be a three-month membership at CrossFit South End in Charlotte. So I wake up and she's like, yep, that can be your Christmas present. Um, and she set me up so that when I went back for the spring semester of my sophomore year, I would have a three month subscription at CrossFit South End. And I was pumped, man. I was set to go to that CrossFit gym and, you know, get to work out with other like-minded individuals, other people that did CrossFit and learn, you know, the ways of CrossFit, get better at it, and, you know, improve in all things CrossFit. So I went back, I had my three months of membership, and I was loving it. And I went to that CrossFit gym every single day. And it was, it was kind of crazy, too, because I remember we had golf team workouts in the morning, and I think they were at, like, 5 a.m., right? So we were waking up, and we had to go do golf team workouts with the team, with a trainer, we were doing, you know, golf specific movements, but every day, 5 a.m., we were in the gym doing something. And that didn't matter to me because every afternoon after class, I was going to that CrossFit gym to do the CrossFit workout of the day. So basically, <laughs> for three months of that sophomore semester, I was I was doing double days, right? I was hitting the hitting the weights with the golf team in the morning and then hitting the weights with the CrossFit people in the afternoon. But I was just loving it. I was so obsessed with CrossFit, like I said, that I would do anything to go to that gym. And so we get to the point where my three months of the membership are starting to run out. And I was like, well, crap, what do I do? I'm, I'm basically going to have to stop going to this gym that I've come to love, CrossFit Southland. And, you know, I, at the time it was probably like a week um, my, my three, my three month membership was ending. So I remember going in there and approaching the guy who owns the gym. His name is Stuart Brower and asking him like, Hey Stu, um, is there, you know, anything that I could maybe do around here for you that would warrant me like the ability to come to the gym? So basically I was asking him if I could barter with him for a free membership. And I was so nervous to ask him this because I didn't want to like look stupid in his eyes. I didn't want to ask him for something that, you know, maybe was asking too much or whatever. But I remember just being really nervous. And <laughs> when I asked him that, it seemed like he got sort of excited. And I think he could see how much CrossFit meant to me at the time that he really just wanted to help me out, right? He could have just been like, no, get out of my gym. I never want to see you again. But because I think Stu knew how much that gym meant to me, how much, you know, the relationships I had made in the gym and how much, you know, CrossFit overall meant to me, he was like, heck yes, I would love to help you out. I would love to give you a free membership in exchange for you to, you know, help me out around here and, you know, help improve this gym. So... Stu was like the nicest guy ever to me that day. He was like, you know what? If you come in here one day a week, you do, you know, miscellaneous things around the gym, whether it be, you know, mopping the floors, cleaning the bathrooms, cleaning the outside, whatever it is, 
do that one day a week for me and you got yourself a free membership at CrossFit South End. And I was so pumped, man. He hooked it up hard. He hooked me up at a time when I was like getting ready to be really sad because I was going to lose my membership at CrossFit South End. So after that day, you know, I was set. I had a free membership. All I had to do was some miscellaneous work around the gym for Stu whenever he asked me. And to me, that was, you know, that was nothing compared to what he was giving me in return. He was giving me like my whole life. I, I love that place. And so we go through sophomore year and junior year and I'm in that gym working for him doing miscellaneous stuff and just getting the ability to go to the CrossFit gym. So throughout that time, I, I made friends with like all the members at the gym. They were like my second family. And every day I looked forward to seeing them so much that I just loved going to the CrossFit gym and kind of started loving that way more than going to play golf every day as a D2 college athlete. And I don't know what it was. It, like I said, it, it was probably those relationships I made at the gym, but it ultimately led me to wanting to quit the golf team. And at that time, I was like, man, golf's not for me anymore. I'm, I'm into other things. I, I, I want to get rid of that in my life. So that's what I did. I quit the golf team as a junior. And I remember not really, you know, feeling bad about it because I was like, I have this CrossFit gym and, you know, the family that I've made there to fall back on, right? I, I felt like I was kind of getting rid of something that I didn't want, which was playing golf and gaining something that I really did love, which was CrossFit and the people that I, I knew there and the relationships I had. And in my head, I was like, all right, well, now I don't have to spend five, six hours every day playing golf. I don't have to, you know, do this thing that I kind of dreaded at the time. I, I can now go to the CrossFit gym even more and, you know, get better at CrossFit, see all my friends and just enjoy life. So that's what I did. And not to say that I, you know, didn't have a second family on the golf team because those, those guys, you know, they're some of my best friends to this day. But at the time, I, I, it was more just I didn't want to play golf. I wanted to work out. I wanted to see my CrossFit friends, go to school, and just live life. And like I had mentioned before, I was really obsessed with watching CrossFit videos on YouTube. They, <laughs> I would sit down in my dorm in my bed and just watch CrossFit videos for hours. It was great. And there was a CrossFit uh, vlogger on YouTube named Craig Ritchie. At the time, I think I was a senior in college, and he was starting to blow up, and he created a series called The Road to the Open, where he kind of documented his, you know, path to the CrossFit Open that year, and what he did in the gym to get him there, and I was like, this is really, really cool. This is something that I could see myself doing as well. I, I kind of envisioned myself making videos and showing people how I work out, right? Showing people what Chris Webster's life is like and what CrossFit, you know, means to me. And so I decided that that's what I was going to do. I was like, I'm going to start making YouTube videos. And just like, you know, just like all the other things that we had mentioned, I knew nothing, right? I had never edited a video in my life. I never really had used a camera other than, you know, 
taking a few photos on my iPhone and I, I was diving into the deep end once again, just like I did with CrossFit, just like I did with going to work out with Chad that first day at the YWCA. Vlogging was this new thing that I was, I was going full force, heads deep, and like knew nothing about it. So what I had at the time for camera equipment was a GoPro Hero 2. That thing, <laughs> it didn't even have a screen on it, so you couldn't even like see what you were recording. You would just press the red button and hope for the best, right? So I pick up this GoPro and I start recording myself talking to it. And <laughs> I was super nervous to like talk to the camera. I don't know why people like get nervous to talk to the camera because it's literally just a like plastic thing in your hand, but it seems to happen to everyone. So I was talking to the camera, trying to you know start vlogging. And I remember going to the CrossFit gym, doing a workout, recording the whole thing, and getting onto my computer and editing this thing up. And I was like, I did it. I made my first vlog. And it, it was awful, man. I, I look at that thing today, and it's so bad compared to how you know my vlogging techniques have gotten and you know taken me to where I'm at today. But that was like the same thing, right? I went to the YWCA that first day and I was awful, right? I lasted 10 minutes in a workout. I did CrossFit with Freddie for the first time ever and I was awful and like couldn't, you know, couldn't even breathe after that 20 minute workout that he ran me through. And here I am with this new thing, vlogging, where I'm terrible at it, but all I knew was that I wanted to get better at it, right? I wanted to become good at vlogging, just like I wanted to become good at getting in shape and getting good at doing CrossFit. And so here it was again, that feeling of, man, I suck at this thing, but I know that with hard work and dedication that I can get better at it, and I will be good at it one day. So I sat on YouTube, and learned every single technique there was on how to vlog, right? I, I, I searched how to make transitions, how to create cool titles, how to make a YouTube thumbnail, all these different things that I never knew how to do. I was just looking up on YouTube how to do it. And I, I taught myself all through YouTube. So just like fitness, I fell deeply in love with vlogging and I vlogged every day, got better at it, and just you know continued to create content to showcase my fitness and my lifestyle as a crossfitter and a, a vlogger, I guess. And at the time, my YouTube channel name, which it still is today, was ChrisFit. And, you know, obviously my name's Chris and I'm doing CrossFit. So I was like, all right, CrisFit. <laughs> and it's funny because my little cousin James actually came up with the name and I was like, dude, <laughs> that's kind of funny, but it works. And I was like, yep, CrisFit it is. So I was making vlogs, CrisFit was killing the YouTube game. And I think I had like, I don't know, 120 subscribers, 200 subscribers or something, but I, it didn't matter to me. It wasn't about the subscribers. It was this thing I love to do, right? I, I was loving making CrossFit videos about my life, and so I did it. And through my you know, content creation as a YouTuber, as CrisFit, if you will say, I, I became pretty good at making content and editing videos so good that I actually got my very first job out of college all based on me, you know, being a CrossFit YouTuber. I was approached by a guy named Joe Tobaldi who was like, dude, 
I I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if you have plans after college, but I do know that I'm starting a company and I want you to be a part of it. And all of this was stemmed off of him just watching my YouTube videos and watching my creativity and watching my ability to edit those YouTube videos. And he was like willing to give me a shot at working for him as a content creator, as a video editor, solely based off him just watching my YouTube videos, which is like crazy, right? Because I started YouTube literally knowing nothing and I got so good at it. I got so good at editing videos, creating content that I now had a job opportunity sitting in front of me, literally based off me just, just picking up a camera, picking up that GoPro Hero 2. So I was like, Joe, I accept. I would love to work for you. I would love to edit videos for you. I would love to be your, you know, content creator and, you know, kind of forge that path for myself. So Joe at the time was starting a company that is now called Flex, which is a social media and website creation platform for CrossFit gyms all around the country. He, um, he creates websites, he creates content and other things for CrossFit gyms, CrossFit gym owners, and has uh, even evolved the platform into a CRM hosting website where the gym owners can you know, host all their customer relations and manage all of that on Flex's website. So at the time, I was kind of the content king for Flex, right? Gyms would send in videos and different things, maybe like a member testimonial or some, you know, videos of classes. And I would flip those into creative little pieces of content that they could then publish on Facebook or Instagram and allow them to market their gym in a, you know, somewhat professional way because I was editing these videos pretty well, right? So that was my job. I was getting videos, editing them up, and sending them off to the gym owners, and I, I had made it, right? I had a career based off of fitness. Without me ever getting into CrossFit or without me ever picking up that GoPro Hero 2, you know, I would have never been sitting in the Flex office with the opportunity to be the you know, content creator of that company, right? Fitness literally led me to that point. So that right there, like alone, is just a single way that fitness has totally changed my life. So transferring kind of to how it's really impacted my life is through the CrossFit gym, I got really connected with the members. You know, I, like I said, I tried to become friends with anyone and everyone that walked in the door and just be friendly old Chris. And so that's what I did. And one of the guys that I became pretty good friends with was named John Espy. And at the time I really didn't know Espy's story. I knew that he drove a really, really nice car and had really cool watches. So I assumed he, you know, was really well off and must have some sort of good job. But I didn't know that he actually was the CEO and founder of a company. We transfer into, you know, early 2018 and I'm still working for Joe, but he's, he, you know, his company is just starting and you know how startups go. They don't have tons of money unless they get funding. So they're, they're kind of, you know, scraping by and doing what they can do as far as money goes 
So Joe didn't really have a ton of money to pay me. He just had, you know, endless amounts of experience and, you know, good times and everything like that. But unfortunately, experience and fun and like an awesome job and work environment isn't necessarily always going to pay the bills. And, you know, reality kind of sunk in and I realized that, you know, I needed to be making more money than I was at the time in order to get by. You know, I was getting by on the money I had, but I really, you know, wanted to start saving money for the future, creating wealth within myself. And, you know, the amount of money I was making at the time just wasn't really allowing that, allowing me to do that. So I decided I was going to, you know, kind of just see what was out there as far as jobs go. I wasn't like dead set on leaving Joe um, because like I said, it was an awesome job. I was having a great time working with him and me and him, you know, we became really close and I am forever grateful for the ability to work there in the first place because I learned a ton of stuff. But like I said, I need some cash moolah in the pocket. So I started looking around and approached John Espy, who I was referring to earlier at the uh, CrossFit gym, and I was like, hey, John, um, you know, I heard you own a company. You got any jobs? <laughs> that wasn't exactly how I said it, but, I, you know, I approached him, and I was like, hey, man, I'm kind of looking for something new. Um, I, I kind of explained to him my current situation, what I was doing, and at, at his company level, they... They do a lot of different things as far as design work goes. Um, they do design work. They also do back-end and front-end development for you know different companies. They um, also work with payments, so helping you know big banks set up RTP, you know real-time payments, or Zelle, you know helping banks implement Zelle onto their platform, um, and you know cool technologically advanced things like that and so I was like yeah I'm really into editing videos and doing that and John actually kind of knew I was doing that because I was actually filming for Stu at the gym a lot of his content like I said for for him and so John would see me you know with the camera and he'd see me editing videos so he knew what was up but I, I just you know I told him what I was doing and I was like if you have any openings or any opportunities within your design team at level I would you know really love the opportunity to see if I could be a good fit um, and just kind of left it at that and he was like yeah for sure I will see what what we have available what uh, you know if we have any options and get back to you so I was like, all right, well, I stuck my head out. We'll see what happens. And about a week later, I get a text from him saying, you know, we actually do need designers. We're looking to hire an internal designer. So I would basically be hired on to do all the internal design work. So I wouldn't be, you know, client facing. I wouldn't be doing design work for other companies. I would just be designing all the logos and, uh, you know, other sorts of stuff for level itself which to me you know sounded cool it sounded fun but what really sounded cool was the paycheck that came along with it and it really got me excited so i ended up interviewing with the head of the design team and it seemed like she really liked me 
I talked to the head of recruiting there. His name was Brian, still is Brian. And me and him seemed to have a great conversation. And, you know, I hung up the phone and just hoped for the best. And ultimately, about a week later, they called me and said, you got the job. And that's what happened. I got a brand new job. And I was officially hired to be an internal designer at Level. And I was pumped. I was like, yes, I'm going to start making some money. I'm going to get a 401k and, you know, profit share matching and all that good stuff that comes along with a real corporate job. And the coolest thing about Level, in my opinion, was it was also a startup. But Level's, you know, lifetime as a company was a little more advanced than Flex's was, which, you know, I'm not saying or down-talking Flex at all. I'm just saying, you know, Level's been around longer than Flex has, and therefore it's been able to grow more and is, you know, a little more established than the company I was working at. And so they had things like uh, 401k benefits and healthcare benefits and different stuff like that. But at the same time, they still had that startup feel. So it was kind of like everything I needed, right? And everything I wanted. The people there seemed, you know, really, really nice, really inviting. It didn't seem like some Bank of America or, you know, true corporate job where you never, you never meet your boss because he works in Idaho and you're just a number in the system of, you know, a couple hundred thousand employees or, you know, a couple tens of thousands of employees. This company level at the time only had 200 employees. So, you know, in this grand scheme of companies and the size of employees that those companies have goes, it was fairly small. And I, I really liked that. So I went to check out the office. They had a ping pong table. They had a game room with Xbox in it. Um, everyone was walking around in shorts and sandals and a t-shirt. I didn't see one tie um, in the whole office, which to me was amazing because I, I majored in finance in college and I had an internship where I had to wear a tie and man, I don't think I could do it. So I was pumped on that. And they also had a really nice fridge stocked with like any drink you could imagine. They had LaCroix, any type of soda, any type of diet soda. They had kombucha on tap, they had beer in the fridge, and then they had a nice, really nice pantry full of like protein bars, beef jerky, like all these things that are great. And they're just free to the employees. And it was like, you know the stories you hear about Google where they're like offering the employees free lunches and like everything and anything that the employees could want to eat is free to them? Well, this was like a mini Google in my mind and it was pretty sweet. So I was like, I'm in, I'm working for Level. And on March, I believe March 18th of 2018, I started my new career with Level. And I've been working there since and I've loved it. I, I, I mean, it's literally the best job. I have the, I have the ability to work from home whenever I need or want. My boss is one of the nicest guys and, you know, is always rooting for me, helps me, encourages me and pushes me to, you know, do better in my job every day and just grow my career as much as possible. You know, that's the end goal ultimately. And it's just great. I love my job. And I feel that, you know, a lot of people don't love their job, which is unfortunate, but they need to make that money. So I'm able to make the money and love my job at the same time. So it's a, it's a big win. 
And, you know, back to the main story of the topic here, without fitness, I don't know if I'd have this job, right? I, if I didn't do fitness, if I didn't partake in it, I wouldn't be a member at CrossFit South End probably because, you know, there's not much else to do there but fitness type things. I wouldn't have ever met John Espy. And, you know, not saying I could have just applied for that job out of the blue and gotten it. That's also a possibility. But knowing the CEO and having him connect me to this job sure made it a lot easier. And that whole process was stimulated based on me going across the South End, me meeting him at the gym, me becoming friends with him because of fitness and because we were both there at the gym to work out. And... Look at me now, right? I have a job I love. I'm making enough money to support my life, and I'm, you know, truly happy. And I have fitness to thank for that, right? So to go on a little side tangent, I, I was hired as a designer, right? And I worked as an internal designer for like two months. And our company level, at the time, was implementing a new CRM called Salesforce. And for those that don't know what a CRM is, it stands for Customer Relations Management. And it's the way that a company is able to manage their accounts and leads and contacts and, you know, keep that all in order and in track. And Salesforce is the biggest CRM platform that the world has, right? It's the biggest CRM in the world. And so at the time we're implementing our Salesforce instance and we needed to hire a Salesforce administrator. And I had used Salesforce previously, but only, you know, a little bit. And I was like, hey guys, I was a finance major. I also have used Salesforce before. And I don't know if you want to give me a shot, but I could maybe study and try to be our company Salesforce administrator. And they thought about it and they were like, all right, yeah, we'll give you a shot. And so I studied for the Salesforce administrator exam. You have to get certified by Salesforce. And once you are, then, you know, you're good to go. And that pretty much says that you know how to be an administrator. So I studied, studied, studied. I passed the exam first try and became the administrator. And I think that once I became Level's Salesforce administrator is when I truly fell in love with my job because Salesforce was such a new thing to my life. I didn't know really what I was getting into, but I'm so glad I stuck my neck out and got into it because it's it's unlike any other thing I've done, right? So it's a lot of problem solving. And I'm also learning how to code through the whole process because a lot of the backend development and processes that are set in Salesforce need to be developed via code. Um, it uses a native language called Apex. It's very similar to JavaScript. So I'm learning Apex, learning JavaScript. I'm also in a full stack web development course. So I'm just trying to learn as much as I can about coding and that has been like a whole new thing in my life that I didn't really know about. Like I, I knew computer science was a thing, I knew people coded, but I never had seen it done because I was a finance major in Queens, didn't have computer science. Um, you know, they didn't offer any courses in computer science. So I was truly new to it and just like fitness, just like vlogging, just like everything that 
means anything to me in my life. I'm teaching myself, which just, I, I, I don't know, I like that way of, of learning, and it's going great, right? I'm in a couple Udemy courses, and I'm utilizing YouTube, just like I did with CrossFit and vlogging. So through this, right, fitness allowed me to get the job of my dreams, and I was loving it, right? I was really happy. But at the same time, fitness was also allowing me to forge one of the most meaningful relationships of my entire life. And that was through finding the, you know, the love of my life, Annalie Ricketts. And so, you know, a lot of you might be thinking, oh, well, <laughs> Chris, you're probably like in good shape through all this fitness. And it's probably, you know, allowed you to be able to meet girls because you're in shape or something like that. But literally, fitness itself was the 100% main reason that I ever met Annalie Ricketts. And without fitness, I, I definitely probably would have never met her. So let me, let me, uh, let me explain how this all happened. So at the time that I was working for Joe, I was also working at the CrossFit gym as a coach because through my time at the, uh, the CrossFit gym, I you know, really fell in love with the methodology of CrossFit itself and I, you know, I wanted to be able to teach other people about this methodology and show them how great it can be for their lives, which ultimately uh, wound up with me becoming a coach. And at the time, right, I would work for Joe. I would go work for him from like 8 until 4, and then I would go to the CrossFit gym and I would work until like 8.30 at night. So I really was working like, you know, full days, like 12-hour days. And my main coaching role at CrossFit Southend at this time, right, in 2018 was to be the head coach for the personal training department, if you will. Um, you know, Stu, the gym owner, was really big on selling personal training to new members so that they could really, you know, learn and understand the movements that CrossFit has, right? If you're brand new to CrossFit, you definitely don't know how to do a power clean. You definitely don't know how to snatch. Um, you know, you might be intimidated by pull-ups or box jumps or something like that, and he thought, and I do agree with him that, you know, the best way to introduce someone to all this new stuff is to set them up with a personal trainer, right? That allows them to get one-on-one -on -one experience with a coach and just learn everything that they need to know so that when they go into group class, they're, you know, they're knowledgeable and they're, you know, good to go for the group classes. So... Stu was like, Chris, you're going you're gonna to head up this PT. I'm going to allow you to coach all the new members in a one-on-one -on -one type scenario. And I, I, I really liked it, right? Because it was just me and one other person. I didn't have to worry about, you know, 20 people in a class. All I had to do was coach one person. So I'm doing all this personal training, right? And I'm at the gym one night and one of my really good friends walks in with this girl. And my friend's name was Aaron and he walks in with a girl that I had never seen before. And I kinda had to do like a double take, right? Because this girl walks in, I'd never seen her before, and I, I was like, dang, this girl is really good looking. Like, who is this? I, I don't know who you are. And you know, when you're at a CrossFit gym, you know everybody, because it's kinda like one big family, and when you see someone new, you're, you, you're curious, right? And I was definitely curious, because one, this girl was new, two, she was really good looking. So I was, I was like double curious. So she walks in, she, she's trying out uh, CrossFit for the first time. She takes a class, 
um, you know, I'm over there doing personal training and, you know, that was the extent of it really, right? She took a class and, and left and that was it for the day. And about a week or two goes by and I, I learned that I have a new personal training client and her name is Anna Lee. And I was like, all right, cool. I, I got a new client. Um, it's going to be fun. I, I really enjoy meeting new people. It's going to be a good time. And so I walk into the gym. I, I don't know what day of the week it was, probably like a Wednesday, Tuesday or something. And it was 7.30 p.m. And I'm waiting at the whiteboard for my new personal training client named Anna Lee. And you know, 7:30 rolls around. It's 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 you know 7:30 on the dot. Usually people will get to the gym um, early to like you know warm up or something when when they're doing personal training. But it was 7:30 and we we're set to start at 7:30 and no one had shown up, right? So I was like, all right, well maybe this personal training client just you know dodged me or skipped out on the session or whatever. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting, it's about 7.40 and in comes the girl that I had seen with Aaron from, you know, about two weeks before. And I was like, holy crap, there she is again. <laughs> and, and, uh, and come to find out that that was my new personal training client, right? Anna Lee Ricketts was my new personal training client. So I was like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> Got a new personal training client, she's really good looking. Um, Let's try not to sound stupid in front of her. Let's try to, you know, show her that I'm a professional fitness coach and, you know, just have a good time. So, you know, we go through the first personal training session. I'm trying to be on my best behavior, trying to, you know, be a good coach in her eyes and basically just be a nice guy, right? And, you know, it all goes well. We get through the first personal training session and I was like, all right, you did it, um, session one's done, when can we schedule the next one? Which we ultimately decided to schedule for like a week later. And I remember leaving the gym that night and I was like, dang, I, I don't know what it is, but something about that girl I really like, right? She really caught my eye. Um, like I said, she was really good looking, she was athletic. Um, I learned in that first personal training session that she used to be a really competitive ice skater. And so I was like, you know, she, she seems like a really good girl, a really, you know, someone that I really would enjoy learning more about and getting to know. And <laughs> I was kind of like in my head, like, you know, you probably shouldn't go down that path, Chris, because you're supposed to be her professional coach. And, you know, that probably means that you shouldn't try to start any type of relationship with her. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I really wanted to start a relationship with her. <laughs> so it was kind of this, you know, push and pull of, hey, I shouldn't do this. Hey, I want to do this. And I didn't really know what the, you know, the right direction was. So, you know, the weeks go by and I'm teaching her PT and we're having a good time, right? Every time she comes in, I'm really looking forward to the sessions because one, I get to see this girl that obviously I had interest in and two, you know, she, uh, she, she seemed to enjoy it as well. So it was just a really enjoyable hour that I got to spend with her, um, you know, every night for the next, you know, let's say six weeks because I think she signed up for 10 PT sessions. So she, she got to spend 10 whole hours with me, um, you know, learning CrossFit, learning the movements and at the same time learning who I was and I got to learn who she was. So the PT sessions come to an end, right? It's about 10 weeks later and I'm really liking this girl, right? I really want to see if I can start a relationship with this girl and see what, what can happen, right? So I approached Stu, who is, like I said, the gym owner, and I'm like, hey Stu, you know, 
I don't want to, you know, make you upset. I don't want to push any boundaries. I don't want to break any rules. But I really do like this girl, Anna Lee. Um, our personal training sessions are up. And I kind of just asked him if it would be okay if I pursued, you know, some type of relationship with her. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, all is good. Um, you know, the only rule I have is that, you know, if you guys do break up or you do, you know, end up going separate ways, just let me know so that, you know, I don't have to deal with that in the gym. And I was like, you know, that's fair, that's great. He's allowing me to pursue this relationship. So that's what I did, right? I pursued things with Anna Lee and got to know her really well, got to learn how great of a girl she was and is, and things went on from there. And so, you know, fast forward to today, Annalie Ricketts is their love of my life. She is my girlfriend currently and has been for the last year and a half. And like I said, right, without fitness, without me being the personal training coach for CrossFit South End, without me being in that gym, without anything fitness related in my life, I definitely, you know, you can make up scenarios and say, yeah, sure, I could have met her at like a bar or something, but I definitely would not have had the ease and ability to meet her as her personal training coach. You know, I got one-on-one -on -one experience with her for 10 hours, for 10 whole weeks, which allowed me to create this relationship and forge something into my life that I truly, truly, really do appreciate now as her boyfriend, right? So <laughs> it's really crazy, right? Fitness was that thing for me. It allowed me to find the love of my life. It allowed me to create this relationship with Anna Lee. So Anna Lee has, like I said, been my uh, girlfriend for the last year and a half. Um, she's been great, right? She's supported me through all my efforts as far as getting that job at level goes. You know, I remember her proofreading my resume and helping me create like the best resume I could at the time to hopefully get that job. And I think that really allowed me to get the job because that resume, that thing was nice. It was really nice. And I sucked at like grammar and all that stuff. She helped clean it up and make it, you know, look good and professional. She also has supported me through my half Ironman efforts. Um, she was there the day of the race, obviously cheering me on, you know, being my number one supporter, which ultimately, you know, makes me feel great about myself and about what I'm doing in the triathlon slash Ironman scene. She also always, you know, asks me how my workouts went when I get home from a workout. You know, she's, she's just there for me in all things that I do. And I, I really appreciate her being in my life. And so, you know, needless to say, I'm really grateful for fitness because, you know, without fitness, like I said, I wouldn't have her in my life. And without her in my life, I, I don't know, you know, I probably wouldn't be as happy as I am right now, right? So I'm forever grateful for that PT session, that first night, getting to meet Annalie Ricketts and, you know, ultimately allowing me to create one of the best and most meaningful relationships that I've ever experienced in my life. So, you know, right there, one huge other way that fitness really has changed my life for forever, right? For forever. One last thing, you know, I'll give you guys my current rundown of what fitness looks like for me now, right? So obviously I didn't just get all the way here, you know, do all this work, seven years of working out for nothing. Um, I wouldn't just stop doing it, right? I, I feel like I'd lose my mind if I didn't get to work out because that's my escape, right? That's how I get rid of stress. That's how I feel like I've accomplished something hard in the day. That's how, that's what I like to do on my free time is work out. 
So, in the beginning of 2019, me and a bunch of my buddies decided to start what we called the Goals Group, and it was basically a Google Sheet that we all wrote down our goals, you know, our New Year's resolutions, if you will, for 2019. And in the Goals Group, the kind of idea was, all right, we're going to write down all these goals and we're going to share them with everyone so that, you know, we can be held accountable to achieve these goals throughout 2019. And we're going to offer up a $300 donation to whatever charity that we decide at the end of the year. If we do not finish all the goals, right? If we don't obtain all the goals that we set out to hit in 2019, we have to donate $300 to a charity. And I was like, dude, that's sweet. I'm in. Uh, I really like the idea of all this, right? Because what better than to try to achieve things in 2019 and share it with your friends and have a good time doing it. So I was like, yep, I'm in. And so I get the Google sheet. I'm thinking, all right, what are my goals for 2019? What have I wanted to do? What did I not do last year? What have I not achieved? And at the end of 2019, I was really, really thinking about signing up for a half Ironman because I don't know, I really enjoyed cycling at the time. And I was like, well, there's cycling in it, so it's probably fun, right? So um, I was like, all right, I want to do a half Ironman, but I never signed up for it and I just kind of pushed it off. And so that took us right to when we were writing down our goals in 2019, and I was like, well, you know, I pushed this off last year. If I write it on this and I show all my friends, they'll probably, you know, hold me accountable to do it and I'll finally do it, right? Because it's something I've wanted to do. So I signed up for a half Ironman and I wrote that on the goal sheet. I said, my goal to quote was to finish a half Ironman under six hours, right? So a half Ironman, for those that don't know, is a 1.2 mile swim, a 56 mile bike, and a 13.1 mile run for time, right? You do all those three things in that order as fast as you can. So previously, you know, I was really into CrossFit and it's good conditioning, right? But it's not so much like endurance training, right? You're not doing workouts for four hours. You're not doing workouts for six hours, which a half Ironman is something, you know, you're working out for literally five, six, seven, eight hours, right? You're swimming, biking, and running, and you're doing that for that long of a time. And so like the longest workout I'd done to that day, besides maybe going on a bike ride was like Murph, right? That's like an hour, 50 minutes, 40 minutes long of a workout and it's rough. And so I was like, all right, well, now I'm gonna have to learn how to work out for freaking five times that, right? I'm gonna have to learn how to work out for five hours, six hours, or however long it takes, because I am definitely not quitting. So I signed up for the Half Ironman. Like I said, I was really into biking, so I knew that was gonna be my strong suit. And I really hadn't had much experience swimming. I swam on our country club team, like in middle school. And that was like the extent of my swimming career. So I remember the first day we go to the pool, I get a membership at our local pool and it's me and two of my buddies from school. And one of them actually swam in college. So he was like a beast, right? And I was like, dude, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. So can you give me some tips? And <laughs> I remember the one tip he gave me was just to keep my head as far underwater as I could, right? When I was breathing, I was like pulling my whole head out of the water and he was like, keep most of your head under the water, it'll keep 
you know, allow your body to glide across the water easier. And I was like, all right. So I remember swimming down and back, which would be 50 yards. And I think we were doing 100 repeats. So I would swim down and back twice. And by the end of the 100 repeat, I was literally just like dying. I couldn't breathe. My shoulders hurt. I, like everything hurt. And I was getting back to that feeling of being at the YWCA, pushing that stupid sled that made me throw up, or being back in the Queens gym with Fred, hitting that first cross workout, or you know, trying to create my first vlog. I sucked at it, right? And I was like, dude, swimming is rough. And I now I give major credit to like Michael Phelps and the boys. Because those guys are amazing, right? I, I don't get it. So, like, anyone that's a really good swimmer, they're a really good athlete. And swimming is far harder than I perceived it to be. So, I'm swimming hundreds and dying. And Joe's trying to help me. The, the guy who swam in college, his name was also Joe. Joe's trying to help me. But it, it really just came down to me getting more time in the pool. And, like, getting more comfortable with my stroke and you know being underwater and learning how to pace myself stuff like that so i would spend about three days in the pool every week trying to train for that half iron man and things started getting better right like when i first started going i hated swimming man i would always go at 5 30 a.m because i wanted to get it done first thing in the day and i didn't want to think about it because i knew it was going to suck and i was like well if it's going to suck i might as well just freaking get it done with and so i would go at 5 30 a.m and needless to say this was in january so it was like 20 degrees outside and when you when you're getting in a cold pool and it's 20 degrees outside like it's just awful right everything sucks one you're going to do a workout you don't want to do two it's freezing out three when you get in the pool it's so cold and you're like half asleep so like getting up and going to the pool at 5 30 a.m in the January and February months is a grind, man. But if you can do that, the rest of the day is like cake. So I was like, all right, we're going to the pool three days a week. We're, we just gotta do it. And that was my determination was just to get better at swimming. So I would do that. And obviously through that time, I did get better at swimming. And I started to really actually enjoy going to the pool. I just didn't like getting in the pool so early. And I, I, I still don't like that. It's it sucks. So I, I'm, I'm getting all right at swimming, and then I'm like I said, I'm good at biking. But the run also was something that I really wasn't good at, right? I I ran in the past, but in CrossFit we run like 400 meters, 200 meters, 800 meters. We never run 13.1 miles. Probably like the longest workout we do is probably like two or three miles, right? Like Murph's two miles. So I was like, all right, I need to get my running in check. So I remember just hitting the treadmill at the apartment gym and I would just hit runs. And I followed this training plan for the half Ironman that basically told me how much I should run when it was a day to run. And I would just follow it and try to run as fast as I could. And, you know, I got better, but I was still pretty slow. Um, but I was just trying to do my best. So I trained and trained and trained. I think I trained literally every day until the race. I did something to train for this race because when I sign up for a competition, like I'm all in, I'm training for it hard and I'm not messing around, right? So I trained, 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 got pretty good at swimming, got pretty okay at, at running. Um, I was running, you know, like 10 miles I could do and hold like a 7.30 pace, which 
obviously isn't terrible, but you know, for people that do run, that may, may not be very good. And so it, it, it comes time for race day, right? We roll up to the race site. I am ready. I, I was nervous, but excited at the same time, right? Because I had worked for this. I had put in the work. I was ready to swim. I was ready to bike. I was ready to run. So we hit the swim. I was second out of the water in uh, the age group category for the swim. I, I killed it. And it, it was funny because it didn't even feel hard. Like I was just cruising and I was, I was like, all right, this is going to be a warm up for the bike. So let's just swim, warm up the body and then hop on the bike and rip it. So I swam and somehow swam fast, but didn't feel hard, which is like a dream. It was funny. I got so, I, I got out of the water so fast. My parents like doubted it. They were like, "There's no way that's Chris. He's supposed to suck at swimming," <laughs> and they were like, in disbelief that I was second out of the water. Thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> so I got out of the water and got on the bike and uh, started biking. It was 56 miles. It was really flat course, which was nice. But about at the 40 mile mark, we took a turn and it was just full blast wind into our face. So that was like the one hard thing of the bike was it was just ripping wind. And when it's windy, you know, you get slowed down. So you gotta work extra hard. So I was working extra hard. And then we got off the bike, I hit the run. And for the first nine miles, I felt amazing, right? I was like, this is great. I was holding like a 7.30 pace for nine miles and I only had four miles to go, right? I was almost done. And we hit mile nine, and I don't know what happened, but like, I just started feeling awful. My stomach started hurting. Um, I was I was really like, my heart rate was like 170, which is not sustainable for four miles. And I ended up throwing up, but that's okay, because it was my first race ever, and I, you know, was trying my best. So I threw up and kind of just had to take it easy on the last four miles. I would run like probably a, a half mile and then have to stop and catch my breath and just, you know, make sure I wasn't gonna throw up again. And so I would hit the run and, you know, stop, run, stop until the very end, right? I got all the way to the end and I finished. And I finished in five hours and nine minutes. So I beat my goal by almost an hour, right? And I was pumped. So that, has been my fitness endeavor for the year, but it's not over because now, <laughs> now that I did a half, it only seems right and feasible and logical. I don't know why I said feasible. It only seems logical to sign up for the gosh dang Goliath, the full Ironman. So now I got a full Ironman in about 10 weeks, right? September 29th. Chattanooga, Tennessee, your boy is hitting the start line for a full Ironman. So what a full Ironman is, is double what I did in April, right? It's a 2.4 mile swim, it's a 112 mile bike, and it's a 26.2 mile run, which is a lot. <laughs> I mean, in my mind, I thought the half Ironman was like the perfect distance for all three disciplines. You know, a 1.2 mile swim, not too bad. You're only swimming for like 30 minutes. A 56 mile bike is a breeze, right? It's not bad. It's just like riding for like two and a half hours, which I do like a lot. And then um, the half marathon is not too bad. I mean, obviously it's pretty far, but you can make it. And I was like, yeah, that's a good distance. But doubling it is just a lot. 2.4 mile swim, swimming for like an hour plus is a long time. <laughs> um, biking 112 miles is a long distance 
I rode a hundred mile, 103 miles the other day, and it took uh, took some time, right? We were out there for like almost six hours, and that's just a long time to be sitting on a little piece of plastic. And a marathon after riding 112 miles is a lot. So needless to say, I'm I'm pretty like I'm pumped up for the race, but I'm also like this is gonna wreck me. This is gonna suck. But it's that same feeling, right? It's me pushing the sled <laughs> with Chad. It's it's me doing the CrossFit workout with Fred. It's me learning how to vlog. It's it's me learning Salesforce. It's all the same concept, right? We're just gonna go out there. We're gonna learn how to do it, right? That's what I'm doing right now. I'm training for it every day. Today I uh, I ran on the treadmill because it was 101 degrees outside, and I didn't feel like probably dying, so I ran on the treadmill for nine almost nine miles, um, and it was it was a breeze, right? We're getting better at the long distances, and just like I you know learned how to do all those things that I just said, we're learning how to do a full Ironman, and hopefully, you know I'll I'll be able to go out there execute the race. I don't really have a time that I want to beat. I would like to say under 11 hours, which I, I guess that'd be great. But it's more so just me. I want to finish it right. I want to do that first full Ironman and see what it's like and see if I enjoy it and see how much it sucks and see how I'm able to handle that. So that's my fitness, you know, that's what my fitness looks like right now. I'm honestly not doing any CrossFit because full Ironman training is is a lot of time commitment. I'm probably training at least, you know, 8 to 10 to 12 hours a week for the half Ironman. It's only going to get worse, right? I'm probably going to have some 15, 18-hour weeks where I do you know seven hour workouts on a saturday and that's just a lot of time to commit to something and it leaves me with not much time to do anything else and so i'm not doing crossfit i just decided i wanted you know give all my efforts to this iron man and see what i can do and crossfit will be there when it's over so my goal is to hit this Ironman, and then as soon as it's over, I want to, you know, obviously get back in that CrossFit gym, hit some CrossFit workouts, get that strength back. I've definitely lost it through just swimming, running, and biking because you're not lifting weights that much. Um, so I'm excited to get back to CrossFit, but I also am excited to do the race. So yeah, that is what my fitness is looking like. Um, I think that's a good place to wrap it up for here. Um, this has been awesome right i've gotten to share my story of how fitness has truly truly changed my life right every day i wake up i'm like how am i going to work out today how am i going to better myself right now obviously it's me trying to prepare for the iron man so i wake up every day with all right how am i going to get better at swimming biking or running today um, in the past it was crossfit competitions how am i going to get better for crossfit how am I going to get uh, stronger for golf? That was it before, right? How am I going to try to lose this 230 pounds <laughs> of fat that I have on my body? It's it, There's always something to look forward to within fitness. And because of that, I think it draws a lot of people in, right? It, it, it truly does change people's lives. And it's generally, if not always, for the better. And I'm really excited to explore this topic with other people hear what they have to say about how fitness has changed their lives for the better, how it's truly, you know, led them to where they are at their current moment. And I'm even more excited to be able to share those stories with you guys. So if you liked episode one, right, you just got to hear some old guy named Chris and his story about fitness. But think about like, 
I don't know. It'd be sick, right? If we got like the rock on or something. That dude, you think he'd be where he is right now without fitness? No chance, right? So, I don't know. I'm just really excited to hear what people that are like way more established than I am within their lives, within their careers, within whatever they're doing. Um, I'm excited to hear how fitness has led them there and the stories that go along with it. I hope you guys are too. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of them awesome episodes, right? And we will see you in the next one. Thanks for listening. This has been Chris Webster with How Fitness Changed My Life.